Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me, as always, is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you doing this evening? Happy Halloween Eve. Happy Halloween Eve. Is that a thing? Uh, I just made it a thing. Hmm. <laughs> well, don't you? shouldn't you have, like, a second? Like, I second that before it's a thing. Isn't that democracy? It is a democracy, but, you know, these days, who knows, I'll just do an executive order saying that I'll, you know, make it Halloween Eve. Touche. <laughs> Touche. You do that. You do that. Are, do you do you watch anything, like, scary on Halloween? Uh, I Sometimes I do, yeah. Uh, you know, this year I will probably maybe watch the original Halloween, given that I still want to see the, the new one that's out in theaters right now. Just hadn't had a chance to do it yet, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe yeah, maybe I'll, I'll watch just a good old classic, John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah, I really need for Collider, um, especially their Collider Live, to stop showing that stupid trailer for um, what is it called? I've seen it multiple times, and I always have to like hide the screen. Because I know it's gonna freak me out. Um, I think it's like legend or something. Lore. Oh, yeah. I think it's a lore. Like, like seriously, I swear. Like every few seconds, it suddenly is on, and I'm like, get a new commercial. <laughs> well, I noticed they finally updated the uh, the Roca Clatter Sports commercial because <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, we'll be talking NBA soon. I'm like, dude, the season's like two weeks old. Update it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, let's get on with our update. Yeah. So we are do we're having a special scene in Nerd Week this week. We're gonna do some we're we're gonna do some stuff. It's like a double stuff episode because we have two shows, two episodes each to cover, and we're gonna record on Thursday as well. So yeah. I don't know what's gotten into us. Yeah, who knows? I mean, it's just I think how uh, how excited and how hyped we are for for this. Seasons uh, Arrowverse shows. Yeah, yeah. So we this evening we got some more things for the uh, upcoming crossover Elseworlds. We got the first look at the Monitor. What did you think of it? I I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't really have fully informed thoughts on it. It looks like an yeah, image. It looks like an image. <laughs> That looks very photoshopped, but it, it, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It looks, it looks cool, kind of. Maybe it looks kind of cheesy. It looks, yeah. yeah. What do you um, think? I, I think it, uh, it looks pretty cool. I thought it was uh, a pretty good representation of of the character. As you know, a lot of times it's very hard to translate um, characters from the comic books into live-action television. Sometimes the costumes will come off as very cheesy or uh, just, like, why, you know, it looks like bad cosplay. But uh, at least this look photo looked looked pretty good, and uh, I can't wait to see an actual photo of, of you know, still from maybe the set, maybe from one of the paparazzi sites that uh, has been posting all kinds of photos, with behind-the-scenes photos, over the last few couple of weeks. Right, right. What else came out about? Oh, uh, we got, finally got the first look of uh, Batwoman. See, like, it's Tuesday, yeah. Well, 
I was that came out last week, right? Yeah, it's like Friday. I don't know. It's been so long. All the days are melding in together. It feels like it was like uh, three weeks ago already. Yeah. So what did you think um, of that? I think it, um, it looked really good. I know, I, I, I think something that you said earlier, um, well, before we started recording, um, comes to mind as far as how closely it tracks the uh, posters that we that we saw a few weeks ago. Maybe that's why you're thinking it's like, oh, it just seems like it's already been out there, but it was actually Ruby in the costume with some with Melissa Benost and uh, and also with uh, Bam Bam. At least the two photos I saw, yeah. Yeah, it just feels like a long time ago. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we are here tonight to talk Supergirl Season 4. We have two episodes, Fallout and Man of Steel. Um, a lot has happened. And so, Will, what are your thoughts on Supergirl? I am loving this season of Supergirl. Um, And it's almost like the show creators back in the summer somehow stepped into a time machine and went ahead and saw some of the things that are happening in, in real world. And I don't, you know, not to get all political and stuff, but... I mean, it, it is, we've talked about this before, a lot of times this medium as far as hero, superhero shows or science fictions does its best job when it is, you know, doing its allegory type of storytelling, and I feel that this is what's happening with Supergirl this season, is that it feels that the show just has some heft to it, and... While it still has its light moments and, you know, it is a CW, some, still some melodrama, I just feel like it was, they have reset this show in, in, a, in, a, in a very positive way that is almost like we, you know, when we jettison Monel and Alta Show at the end of last season, we're just closing that door and we are moving on. And, and and quite frankly, it has made the show stronger, quite frankly, in my opinion, with them doing that. And so far, I feel like they have had three solid shows so far this season. And, and our Arrowverse shows have notoriously had the, the fourth-year slump. And so far, Supergirl has managed to avoid that. Wow. Wow, but this doesn't surprise me at all. You're always the um, positive one. I'm, I'm yeah, always the rain cloud yeah. about yeah. these well, shows. I mean, because I, I, mean, I was, so, I mean, really, I mean, this is, you know, at the end of last season with Supergirl, I was, I, it, it was, I felt like it was obligation to watch it because we were going to talk about it. Uh, it had really, I don't know if it was because of the long break between the, you know, first three quarters or, or so of the season and then you know they had the, the break and then it came back on and it just seemed like it had lost a lot of momentum but also I feel like the storytelling also was just very frustrating at the end of last season yeah I barely remember what happened at the end of last season but thank you for reminding me that they basically wrote Monella off the show that's that's a great reminder well doesn't stab me at all <laughs> um I you know, the first episode, if I remember correctly, I don't really care for the first episode this season. Uh, these last two have been great. It's been surprising and refreshing. Um, but 
I I am actually going to argue that it's a bit soon to call this show and say that it survived the season four slump because looking back on season four of Arrow, even arguably season four of Flash, those two shows started season started off strong. And then it's the true test is really when you get back from winter break. When you get into that February and those March, and it's kind of like, okay, we see the end game. We're just not able to execute it because we have so many more episodes to go. And and I even remember Supergirl in season three, like their mid-season three finale is one of the better episodes of the show. And yet still it came back and just had schedule issues and the storyline wasn't that um, mm-hmm. good. And and so I, I think it's a bit soon. I, I'm not going to lie. These two episodes are strong, like really strong. But um, I also I don't think it's fair to judge it in that way yet. I think it's a bit okay, soon. Fair, fair enough. I, and I, and I could, it could just be that I'm prisoner of the moment. I, I will freely, freely admit that. Uh, that and again, as I, as I start with my comments, uh, you know, it could just be that it's very topical right now as far as some of the things that, you know, again, not to get into all the things that are going on as you know in our country, but it is, you know, when you see some of those parallels in the show versus some of the things that you you know that you see on you know read on the headlines, it, you know, it it it, 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 it resonates and. I think, and, and so I think that's maybe why these shows, these in particular, these last two shows have felt so, so strong in that, and that it is resonating with a, a lot of things that's in the environment today. So I know a lot of the listeners didn't hear us talk about the first episode of the season for Supergirl, but I remember making a point that Brainy wasn't used Correct. correctly. And we totally called it because the second episode, all of a sudden, Brainy's face um, thing turns off. And suddenly he's faced with this consequence of being an alien stuck on an earth that didn't really want him. And and the way they did that was, was. perfect. I loved it so much. I, his His acting through that whole process and the fact that he didn't immediately go into sad mode. Like he went through a full PTSD from the whole experience. And it was so interesting to me. I don't know where I stand on Nia or Naya, however you pronounce her name. Um, I, I like what they're doing with the character and how they're introducing all of these secrets. And there's, they did hint at a connection between her and Brainy, like, but we don't know if it's because he knows her in the future or knows something about something that's going to happen to her. I don't know. Um, but I just, she comes off too much as Kara. Kara. <laughs> I hear you and uh, she is as, as you as you noted uh, does come across as Kara um, and, and maybe that that's intentional at first to because we Kara now has grown she's matured she's got you know she's a little bit more um, seasoned as a reporter as 
as I, and also as you know, li- leaving, li- living this double life. And so, I guess introducing this new character uh, with this somewhat naivete and and also um, trying to you know, you know, her speech was just trying to persuade James to sort of pick a side on, on some of these issues. Um, it, 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 I'm okay with it, with her being the, the new quote unquote young, the, the Kara esque type of, type of character, because, you know, again, this is an ensemble show and, and if everybody is like perfect and has, you know, no, uh, flaws or, um, you know, wet behind the ears, um, presence to them then you know then, then it makes for a very boring boring show so uh, yeah, it'll be good to see this character grow over time and also you know picking up on your point about her and, and Brainy you know, going on that journey as far as seeing you know what is the connection between those two individuals because clearly there was something there uh, that beyond her just being at the right place at the right time when Brainy was dealing with the uh, the guys in the pizza bar. Yeah, I just, I felt like out of everything that I took away from Fallout, her part, even her conversation with James, I, 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 I honestly, I think it's the weakest part. And, and it's still strong, I think, in comparison of everything else, because I thought brainy stuff would hit the point a lot better. And then, um, Although Nia added another layer of complexity and to go back to what you were saying before about how these shows do it best when they really take something that's currently going on and um, set it in terms of aliens invading the planet. (laughs) I don't know. But but to counterbalance Brainy's whole arc, the stuff with Lena and and Kara was yeah. hilarious to me. I have no idea why. There was just this this moment where I think Melissa Benoist was actually not yeah. being Kara. She was really being Melissa Benoist, irritated that she could not yeah. be Supergirl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what I saw. Totally, yeah. I just great. I loved uh, yeah. It. I mean, I, I remember you and I both like in DMs like had shared a mutual like laugh virtually about that that whole scene and 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 how just you know the comedic timing in that uh especially because there's always you know there's always that tension of when Kara and Lena get together and there's some perilous event happening and and Kara wants to like you know go into the proverbial telephone booth and you know change into Supergirl and she can't I mean and it was just perfectly played in that in that scene, and even after, you know, she did manage to uh, you know slip out and, and and get into into uh, Supergirl mode, it 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 landed the right beats even even once she came back, and it's the awkward you know, and then the, the Lena like, wait a minute, how did you get past security and everything being locked down, and just the awkward, and then super you know, and then Kara having to like you know come up with uh, uh you know explanation for that i mean it, it was just an awesome scene and to, to, yeah totally well played yeah i i mean the tension has always been there but they've played it very melodramatic 
This is honestly first time I've seen it played off so comedic. And and that's what was so refreshing about it, because usually that whole secret bothers the heck out of me. I'm just like, when will season five happen? Because honestly, that's what I think the writers are doing. They are they're withholding that whole betrayal for season five, because that's what these shows do. They start you off with a villain and then they execute it and wait until season five to really tell you the bookend yeah, of that story. Given that, uh... Lex is supposed to show up at some point in season four, so. Well, I mean, given what they're doing right now with um, Mercy Graves, it makes it makes a hundred like so much sense, and everything that they're doing with Ben Lockwood. Because to go off of that episode, and then to to get the character study that was this past Sunday's episode of Supergirl was bizarre. Like, like in the best possible way. I love this episode. There, this is why the moment you told me Sam Witwer was cast, I was like, oh, I'm back on board. <laughs> I, I've been thinking about how I, how to articulate what this episode, why this episode is so good. And the best parts of the episode, honestly, were just him in front of his class yes. lecturing. Because you saw the man crumble and the insanity burst out during that. Every time they transitioned to those, it would get more and more yeah. intense. And and it reminded me so much of the episode of The Flash last season where Barry and... Um, Wow, I forgot his name. DeVoe face off in the classroom. Like, it's the first time they encounter each other. But but what, what The Flash didn't do and what Supergirl did was they showed that full episode through the eyes of Ben, ben Lock, Lockwood. And and last season with The Flash, they, they were like, no, this is still Barry Allen. We're, we're going to keep – we're going to – keep Barry Allen's like perspective in play and Supergirl is taken out. Like they're like, no, she can go to Broadway and do a play. We're going to focus on this character and give him a real motivation, yes. like yes. for a change. Yeah. I, and that was, that was what my thoughts were when I was watching the episode immediately after it finished. I was, I was very it was satisfied because, you know, we've had glimpses of agent Liberty, um, in the first two episodes, you know, in particular at the end of episode two of Fallout, where, you know, John <laughs> goes to the rally and, you know, he's spewing all the anti-alien rhetoric and, and you know, he's still this, the fear, the fear. Yeah, the fear and all that. And having the bookend with Man of Steel to, you know, seeing that, Period. Because when when Man of Steel starts, you know we're still we're still present day at that at that rally in the in the community center and and hearing all the hearing all that and John wanting to see what all this xenophobic uh, anger is all you know and virtual is all about and then we we you know and then they peel it back and like you said show the evolution or or, or how he devolves from this decent man who was there to whenever his dad was and the other workers at the plant were about to, you know, were trying to assault the uh, guys in the truck and, 
you know, even though he was wounded by one of the uh, aliens by, by mistake, he was still sympathetic to their to their cause. And then, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. you know, as more things happened, and and then when John and one of the, the dominators you mm-hmm. know, destroys his home, that was that. Mo- you can see. I mean, Sam Witwer just played that beautifully as far as how, you know, how this decent man just devolves into this into this angry xenophobic character and 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 because he lost everything and and, and you're right the the, the the lectures in the classroom perfectly when they went to those things it perfectly showed that that change and how just spirals into into this uh, into this place and I mean that's what I thought really you know Whit were sold at so well and I thought that's why this episode just from start to finish was just so so compelling right it's it's an interesting journey of perspective I mean your car is taken off the board and you immediately go two years earlier to Ben Lockwood and the family and then I was thinking I was like okay so they're gonna play out two stories go flip-flop but they didn't they stuck yeah. Ben and I, the genius of having Ben interact with briefly yeah. Supergirl, yes. Alex, an intense conversation with Alex, an intense conversation with James, and all of those moments yeah. with Lena, that's really where you suddenly were confronted as a viewer with this idea that, well, is yeah. he wrong? Because Ben is the hero of this he episode in a way. He, he's that he's that protagonist, so you should be on your protagonist side. And now you're interacting with all of these characters who you think you know, who you think is on the right side of this. But but with James, like, well, why aren't they covering more about things that happen to the citizens of yeah. National City? I mean, the 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 humans of National City, I should say, because they're all citizens. But the, the humans, I mean, even though the aliens are are important and everybody's equal and all of that there there's still yeah, consequences yeah. And, right and, yeah oh, and, go and ahead i also pick up on your point about and, and james's response like well you know we want a pulitzer about over this and <laughs> it was it was a very that was a very like perfect moment to capture like how as you were saying the it it, it dehumanized the humans in that, right. yeah, I mean, it just right. basically for James, it was just a story, you know, and I, and I just, you know, I think of it, you know, for me as in my real world job of doing this disaster work, it's like the cameras come, you know, everything's happening and then boom, everybody's, you know, they're all gone and, you know, people are left who are suffering, are having to deal with the consequences of, of the event that just happened. And, and that was basically what, you know, Ben was telling James, it's like, dude, you know, yeah, you got your Pulitzer and all that, but, you know, people are still hurting. Why aren't you covering this? And and James is like that faceless corporate entity that, again, just, you know, fuels that feelings of Ben that, you know, people are just abandoning, uh, abandoning mm-hmm. their, their fellow, their fellow humans for, for these aliens. Right, and it's a very and it's clever to air that conversation in an episode where the previous episode you had James and and Nia Naya talk about uh, him him being pushed to write an article, but him saying like, "Well, 
this is a political issue and we got to air both sides and it's not really like it shows bias. So, so it's an interesting juxtaposition and, and again, just the perspective changing and, and I, I, I like all the Lena stuff. Like all of that stuff was really cool because she, she it, it wasn't that she was, she's Lena. Like that's how she operates. She's a business person. So it felt very normative. The, the only difference is she continues to have sympathy for Kara and Alex and, and she doesn't realize Kara's an alien, but at the same time, she, she sees profit in a way. And, and, and that's what's really exposed. And, and I just, I, I really like that. I, I, I really like their interactions and I, um, and I'm, and I'm glad we only saw him interact with Kara once, like really interact with Kara once. I thought that was a good move because it allowed the universe to be this, this isn't a vendetta between Ben and Kara. This is more about what Kara represents as yeah. Supergirl. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. And it is, yeah. And it, it not, yeah. What car represents and also just how, you know, big this issue is in, in not only Earth National City, but Earth 38. Um, mm-hmm. it just, you know, it, yeah. when, you know, it's, you know, it got us out of the claustrophobic DEO and the usual world of these characters. And like you said earlier, it just, you know, it, it's it's rare that you will get these stories, especially the constructs that we're used to with, with these shows, told from the quote-unquote villain's perspective. But uh, it, 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 it's, and that's why, as I said, I'm prisoner of the moment. That's why I felt like so far this show, this, this season, it, it has not succumbed to the curse of the era season four because it, it was such mm-hmm. such strong storytelling that uh, I haven't that we haven't seen um, in these shows uh, on a consistent basis and 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 so yeah I'm totally prisoner at the moment as far as feeling that you know yeah. it, supergirl has so far not fallen to that this season yeah, I and and then you know I love the title Man of Steel. Yeah. I love the fact that his father's company was for Steelman. So clever. Um, and I don't know if this is an Easter egg or not, but I've seen enough of Krypton to know that that mask is the from the house um, f- from Krypton because that looks a lot like Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> that should be an Easter egg. Oh my god! <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, why does he have gold steel just lying around in a shop that's been shut yeah. down? I don't understand, yeah. but it, it's it was so pretty cool. cool. And you know, and that would be the ultimate irony that if it were Kryptonian uh, in, in origin, where you have this you know, agent of liberty who's you know all about Earth first, and then he's like, he's an alien tech. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, they're they're They should do something ironic like that. I mean, that's kind of maybe that'll address the issue at hand. I don't know. But yeah, Supergirl is flying high. That's for sure. Now let's jump over to Star Star City and talk Arrow season seven. Yes. Back to Earth one season seven Arrow and 
what are your what are your thoughts on these last two episodes? I'm trying to remember <laughs> if at the end of these um, longbow hunters were they on the island again? Uh, we did see a, a brief glimpse of William and uh, Roy. Yeah, we did. Right, right. Okay, okay so I'm thinking yeah, of yeah, the right episode. We, yeah, we okay. of course we learned that. Uh, I think some of the I, we learned that William is gay. And also, uh, there was there were quite a bit of interactions between Roy and, and William as far as just you know why he came back there uh, again. Uh, of course, William's mother comes up, and um, it, you know it was a, it was an interesting B story. It didn't. I don't remember too much about it other than um, that I come come away with it is that he is going to start training to be the the next Green Arrow. Yeah, I I think I left that. I think that I left the Longbow Hunters um, episode with a very different idea. Uh, Barry's messing too much, <laughs> or Nora is messing up the timeline too much for me to really believe that that's um, Will in the future. Also, spoiler alert, listeners, the, the episode ten of Arrow season seven is called. My name is Amiko Queen, and and this character apparently has been cast, and there's a lot of speculation that she is actually the um, Arrow impersonator currently in Star City. And so, again, after watching Longbow Hunters, all I can think, because... I like how you you brought up one fact about William that we learned. <laughs> I'm like, that's a weird fact. I I focused on yeah. a few other things. Well, I just remember, um, yeah, I was he, thinking more just the, the, the relationships question and, and just William just expl- explaining who he is and some of the things he dealt with at the at the uh, I guess at the boarding school or whatever. Yeah. So so we also learn that Felicity never yeah. comes back. Um, Oliver never comes back. He was abandoned as a kid. So that's the big story that I'm still like, that doesn't make any sense, especially when you look at the next episode and crossing lines. Like, we, we know eventually Oliver's going to get out. <laughs> that's kind of indefinite. Now, now, why he wouldn't go back and retrieve William is another story. Um, but, but I just, I, my, my gut is telling me that we're going to learn about a version of events, a timeline that because of the crossover is actually not going to become true. So, so you think Nora's messing, Nora and Barry are just messing up everybody's lives again. I don't, I don't think it's messing up people's lives as long as like this is a nightmare version of the fairy tale. Mm-hmm. So do you think, so you think everything's going to be retconned where he's going to not reveal himself? I think parts of it could be retconned. I mean, even they, they did this with Diggle yeah. last time where instead of him having a, a girl and he now has a boy, who knows? William may disappear and suddenly Samantha gave birth to a girl. <laughs> yeah, there is precedent for that um, in this show. So, it, it, you know, it's happened before. It, it can definitely happen again. I mean, or or they're just we're looking at pur- purgatory on another earth. No, nah, I think we're pretty. I'm pretty certain. Well, I guess we'll find out in the crossover 
if this did happen on Earth, on Earth One. I mean, I'm thinking that it did, but I mean, there could be a throwaway line of dialogue in the crossover with Barry and, and and Oliver discussing whether or not he was, you know, was indeed in prison or not. No, I think all oh, of that's okay, true. Okay, I misunderstood you then. We're doing great tonight, guys. Just bear with us. We're, we're totally on the same page tonight. I don't know what's wrong with us. Um, those are all of my points. Well, I mean, Longbow, I mean, I, I enjoyed it episode. It was, um, you know, I think for me, the things that I, you know, come away with it is, so more more to issues in Oliver in prison and how Brick and the other inmates were trying to get him to uh, to to kill the uh, to kill the guard and um, it I thought it was a very good uh, I, it was very interesting to see Oliver you know again even though he is in the uh, in the prison, it was nice to see how he he basically outwitted them, pretended to have himself, you know, basically stab himself to to save the um, to save the guard from you know from being killed, especially given that they had a very inventive use of uh, the you know power going out and stuff and being able to uh, the lights going you know knocking out the lights and going to you know use the computer, which you know one of the things I was just kind of like did bother me about the episode was like wait a minute how could how is this particular computer like tapped into the internet <laughs> mm-hmm. there was one point where i was like yeah that's not quite making sense to have a, a hardwired uh computer that you know he could hack into <laughs> uh, yeah so right. yeah, there were some some things in the episode that uh uh were that kind of strained uh cred- you know credibility but um but it, it was a, it was a, it was a good second episode. Uh, it was a little bit change of pace, especially given how strong the season came out of the gate. It was it was it was a, it was a you know a good episode. But yeah, I mean it's definitely one that in the you know as we get further down the season. I mean it's only been you know a little over a week for us, and we're having difficulty remembering it. And by the time we get to episode like ten, we'll be like, oh yeah. Uh, what happened in episode two? <laughs> hmm. I I think it's I think it's hard because the show that first episode I I still I, I these last two episodes have proven that yes my my initial thoughts about the first episode were right the hype is really because of that twist at the end and and yes it's a beautiful episode but the it hang, hung a lot on it, and and now that we're not getting those twists, I, the third episode, Crossing Lines, I thought was weak, and it it was just that it felt so much like a um, transition episode to just get you from point A to point B, rather than actually um, talk about some interesting themes or have a a point. I mean, the whole crossing a line to do good—that's so season two. Like I've seen this play out before. The uh, what I did like is um, it, it highlighted how Oliver and Felicity are on parallel story arcs. They did that pretty well. Um, 
granted, this may bring them, drift them further apart rather than um, bring them closer together when they do reunite. I think it's interesting that um, Oliver's go like, there's this weird maze-like feeling they're doing with the jail, and it is very confining. And so I'm very excited for next week's episode with level two. The promos look really cool for for that episode. And so I think they're going to get it back. Diggle, Lila, Lila, and Curtis, they're not Oliver, Diggle, and Felicity. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Saw what they were doing. I I agree with you that it was kind of a bridge episode. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that um, uh, things that stood out to me from that episode was the cinematography, in particular, mm-hmm. uh, Felicity and Agent um, Watson. Yeah. Watson. Uh, yeah, to see the the way those scenes were shot. I mean, obviously Emily Betts very very short, but they used it. They used the height and the power uh, the differential as as a way to sort of show how the FBI has basically put a cloud of power and control over this whole situation with Oliver and Felicity in their lives right now. And, uh, you know, whenever cause I was, when I was seeing those scenes and just sort of seeing how, you know, the agent just sort of towered over Felicity and, and it, it, it for me, it was like, you know, the way Felicity was pushing back and pushing hard to, you know, get Argus first and then now the FBI to, to, to you know, go after Diaz. And it, 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 it captured, for me, the, the, the uphill struggles that she's going through. And also, like you said, with Oliver being in prison, you know, his, his struggles as far as just trying to, you know, get from day to day and survive you know that environment and, and 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 deal with the external forces that are still while he's just trying to you know serve his time and so uh mm-hmm. so that was to, that was one of the things that stood out to me in the episode you're right the the crossing lines and um you know pushing boundaries or and, and sort of bending a rule here for the greater good that obviously that's that's a you know, story trope that has been played out in in many many you know, places this show and other other shows as well uh, but it, it was again like I said it was it, the way they did it it was a good bridge to get us through I mean the fight club kind of vibe that they had was was uh, very exciting especially given that um, you know that episode had a, was was a very talky episode, <laughs> so it's good to have to have that action, um, and uh, you know, and see Oliver, um, you know, just be the badass that we know that he is, and um, mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, you're right. Uh, next week's episode definitely uh, is, seems to be uh, getting to the next level as far as um, Oliver's journey through prison. Right. I And I think my problem was that that moment in when the Fight Club, Club moment, as you described, was probably the climax of the episode, um, but it came with 10 minutes left. 
like we had to waste 40 minutes watching Oliver just talk and and just do like climb the stairs there was a lot of stair climbing okay i don't i don't really understand that and and i like how he's like limping and 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 so part of me was also during that big fight scene with cody rhodes i was kind of like uh i don't you lost some like um reliable or realism for me because i'm just like you're you're pretty beat up okay you're you're literally you're bleeding and i i just i don't know i i i I like it there's just also i i missed purgatory i missed roy i miss learning more about what happened it happens in the future i thought that was the big void um I, I'm, I'm, I, again, I, Felicity's my favorite character, but there, I didn't have a moment where I was like, oh, that's an interesting point. Oh, that's clever. And like, it was like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah okay. Same yeah. old, same yeah, old. But, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, I mean it, it was very season five as far as, uh, as far as the Helix, um, where she, you know, bent rules and went rogue. Yeah. You know, so yeah, there were some very familiar beats to it. I, I I agree, uh, but um, it again. I think it just uh, it, you know, the purpose of it was it was a bridge episode. I think it did effectively show the mount the hill mountains and that the characters are, are trying to overcome. Uh, it was a very interesting little ending there to me. It t- you know took me back to the Flash and it and their extra uh, extra judicial prison capturing uh, the silencer and um you know it goes into the whole theme of the episode which was you know again crossing lines and uh you know here we are seeing our characters not only be vigilantes but also now um also um you know prisoner you know game wardens themselves and creating a uh a prison you know holding this individual um prisoner and how they're going, you know, you know, gets into the thing, you know, overall themes of the episode and stuff. So, you know, so again, it was a very, you know, consistent themes throughout, and it, it ended that way. And, um, yeah. So we'll, yeah, you know, we'll just sort of see where see where this takes us. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. That's it for us tonight. Uh, Will, why don't you tell the listeners where yes, they can, you can find, find you? Me at Will and Polk. That's W I L L M P O L K. And um, you can tell me everything that I got wrong um, the, during this recording on Twitter at SJ Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Scene and Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Good night, geek out. You're welcome.